Why? Because the, the first spirit-filled people thought there was only one way you could get healed. Just get, get in the prayer line, brother. And so they, they missed that. So here's another point about what happened at creation. At creation, there was no secular and there was no spiritual. All of life was lived in one dynamic. You worship God when you spent time in creation. You worship God when you spent time with your family. You worship God. That's another thing. In the Hebrew, and you're also getting Hebraic culture, which is the culture of the kingdom and how they understood it. Worship, avodah. I'm not an expert, but I know this. It means both to worship God in song, but it's also the same word used for that he worked the earth. So work is not a curse unless you're not working in purpose. Because that it could be a curse. that God blessed him and said, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So I talk about this concept of stewardship. Humanity was given dominion, favor, and authority to subdue and extend the kingdom of God. The word dominion is to, one of the definitions is to possess oneself. God has given you the power now, now, here's the other side of this. This is why this, this is, there's tensions here. Man was created to trust God. Man was created to find everything he needed inside of God. So, you're, so this is why when we, this is how distorted this is. We think it's like really hard. Oh, I'm gonna get my God in my life, you know, remember? And that's how distorted we are and we're thinking outside of God because your greatest freedom is in submission to God. I, I can tell you, I've never regretted saying yes to God. Yeah, I, the only time, I, I, you know, when I begin to struggle with something God's asking me to do or something he's leading me, it's usually because there's self-preservation. I'm trying to take care of myself. Yeah. Dominion also means to subdue, to rule. I love this part, the blessing. You know what the blessing is? First of all, it's the favor of God. You have something on your life, whether you realize it or not, that other people in this world do not have. It is the ability to do everything that God called you to do, regardless of the environment. Also, the blessing is this. It's to release the potential of God. When God blessed, and by the way, it's the first words he heard. When God blessed him, he was saying, all that I am, I'm releasing to you my potential to you, in you, through you to have dominion in the earth. It's also the empowerment to prosper. That's why I say prosperity was God's idea. Part of the reason I think we're such challenged with prosperity is because many times we've even seen it displayed it one-dimensionally. Fruitful producing good results. You also see New Testament equivalents to all this. What does he tell you to do? Jesus told us to do in John 15, bear much fruit. Multiply to become greater and greater. Paul would later pick it up. What would he say? Go from faith to faith and glory to glory. That garden was perfect. That garden, scratch it. Am I doing something wrong? Did I go a long time and the batteries are dying? Is that what's happening? He said to go for it. I didn't think you came on a Friday night for a sermonette. 
<laughs> is on my face? Okay, we good now? Okay. Multiply. Fill means to consecrate. Now catch the New Testament equivalent. Ephesians 4, when Paul writes, he gave gifts to the church. Some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers. For the equipping, no, wait, wait, back up before that. He says, he gave, when he who ascended, descended, what? That he might fill all things. So like, what's what's the church in the kingdom? The church is to be an expression of what the kingdom of God looks like. That's why I told Peter, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. What is the foundation here? These are all discipleship clues here. You're made in the image of God. You know, part of being made in the image of God is that's why most people, unless they're traumatized, unless they've had a painful experience as children, they want to be awesome. I think I said this last year. Probably prophesied over thousands of people, hundreds of churches and nations. I've never told anyone go, the Lord would say, be mediocre. (laughs) Pay off the credit card and student loans, but keep that mortgage the rest of your life. instinctively, and we see it even perverted, people know I'm to put, it's a pretty big deal if you're called to take care of the earth. People know they're supposed to be awesome. So we're talking at lunch. Part of the reason people love prophetic words is because we're capturing in eternity what God thought of them. And they go, yes, that's why I was made to live. You can even bring a corrective word, but it's always redemptive. It's always with that hope you can change. Be like, I don't know what God is speaking, because it's always redemptive. Might call you repentance, but it's always redemptive. I don't know if I said this last year, but coming out of the COVID shutdown, the Lord spoke to me. He said, I'm mandating you to be a prophet of hope. I want to give hope to people. Not fake hope, real hope. And the world picks up on this. You, you, you'll constantly see sometimes even secular people, because they're made in the image of God, they pick up on these concepts that are universally human. When President Obama got elected the first time, what did he say? Hope and change. And people resonated with that. Why? Because it's a human capacity to want that. We don't know what kind of hope and change we want, but where we're at, we're for that. You know? No, it's true. The foundation of our existence was relationship with God. Genesis 3.8. And they walk with God in the cool of the day. What a beautiful thing. Some, that could mean a whole lot of different things as well, but I think that Jesus himself actually came to that garden and walked with And it had a sound to it. And so they were to govern the world by the information he gave them. Senses. Revelation knowledge. 
that was always supposed to be progressive. The word of God to them. How do you govern the world? How do you relate to the kingdom of God? Take responsibility for yourself. Realize you're supposed to be extraordinary. It's a big deal. It's a really big deal. If you don't live your purpose out, the world will miss out on the expression that was supposed to come through you. Someone may do something similar to you or may be called to something similar to you, but only you can do exactly what God called you to do. I'll tell you this, my parents weren't perfect. One of the things they always encouraged me to be was to be an original. Don't try and be like anyone else, just be yourself. Be yourself, work, God, work hard. Dad gave me this statement, it's very biblical. He said, Abner, you can do anything that God called you to do as long as God called you to do. How did Adam learn to govern the earth? He trusted God's word to him. He trusted that word to him. I'll give you a story. It's only 8.14. I'm going to land the plane in a minute. Someone, um, the Lord is uh, delivering you right now of depression, and you'll feel like a hand of heat right on you. Just be free in the name of Jesus. It's a generational thing. And I just sever that from you in Jesus' name. So I was in Switzerland. I don't know if I told this last year. I'm going to tell it again. It's important. It's in Switzerland, maybe first time I was in Switzerland. Second night we were there. And my friend and I are on this exploratory trip. And we're doing this one night with this ministry. We just met the leaders. And I think we had like a snack or something. We're having a service that night. And uh, the worship team is warming up. My friend John Heiss, he's, he's playing with the team. It's going to be a great night. And uh, the, the leader's wife, she's leading team. He's playing the keyboard and they got a few other people and they have a djembe there. I've always liked sounds and drums. So I start messing around with that thing. And uh, they're about to start the meeting. So I thought I'm going to take my place. You know, I'm going to speak that. And I hear the Lord say, I want you to play the drums. No, the drums, I, I don't know what you call it. And I told him, you know, you're, you're not actually saying it. You're saying it in your mind. I said, I don't play the drums. He said, I want you to play the drums. I don't know if you know this, but I don't play the drums. And he told me, and he said this to me. He said, I thought you would do whatever I asked you to do. He always gets me with that one. fine. So I start playing the drums and singing. It was horrible. No, really. Got to tell the right story. And I'm thinking, this is not good. They're going to have, like, they're going to take me down. I don't know if they're going to let me speak later. He said, I told you to play the drums, not to sing. No, you got to, sometimes you assume things in the journey. And you mess up the equation. So, and it starts rolling, baby. 
I don't know. It's like, the Spirit of the Lord came up. You know, like, it exploded. Presence, I mean, they, this is not exaggerated. They still talk about that meeting today. They still remember how God crashed in that meeting. Now, I got some feet. It's good to have friends. You know, John, I think the Lord set it up that way because my friend who's worship leader, Bible college professor in worship, I said, he goes, I said, John, how'd that go? He goes, that was amazing. I never see you do that. You know, you want to be self-aware. I'm getting aware of lots of things now, now that I'm getting married. I, <laughs> Lord, we started taking some ministry trips together. I, what is this? <laughs> I've discovered a lot of things. I was living, anyway, my bubble world. Very interesting things. The Lord has given her lots of patience for me. He said, that was amazing. And then the girl leading, she's, she goes, that was awesome. I said, I've never done that before. She goes, oh, we thought you do it all the time. That's why we all followed you. So I get back. I remember it was late that night. We're flying out somewhere the next day. Learn from the moment. I said, Lord, what was that all about? He goes, anything I tell you, you can do by faith. You see it play out in Adam's life. How did God create the world? The invisible attributes are clearly seen. The world was out of order. He calls things into order. When we trust, so what's, the, what's, the, what's the, the foundation we want to build in the kingdom of God to relate to God correctly? Number one, submission. That's the foundation. Seek ye first. This is where life gets really fun, really. The challenge is, even with believers, we think putting God first is extreme. You have to ask yourself because there's something beautiful that God wants to do in the coming months and years. Like a lot of people talk about, um, I just want God to come. I mean, what if the glory of God came in here and you were here five nights a week? You might not go to the beach every weekend. Sometimes we think that's radical. And God just calls that the first place. You know, years ago, I had a friend. He's still my friend, but he's an American, Alabama guy. And he'd work with the ministry. If I mentioned it, you know, raising of the dead and things. Then he has his own ministry. And so I want to ask you a question. In person, a million questions. Why do you think you see such significant things In America, it seems like we're not seeing the sort of breakthrough that you're seeing in all the nations. You're working. Oh, it's really simple. He said, the churches we plant, every believer knows that submission to God is the foundation of discipleship. He goes, in America, they try and get people to submit every week. Because they're still stuck on elementary things. So submission to God. 
It's a beautiful thing. It really is. It's the most freeing thing everywhere. And here's another aspect of the kingdom that's really important. The kingdom of God was never meant to be understood by a casual seeker. You'll never, it'll, it'll be really frustrating for you. The kingdom of God was like a man who found the field, right? And sold all that he had. He was illustrating truth. Truth about the word too. The kingdom of God is like a man who scatters seed. The seed is always good. It's what you do with the seed of the word of God. It has the potential of God. It's what you do with that. Heaven on earth. You know, one of the descriptions of uh, often you read, I love reading about revival history. One of the constant descriptions you see about different movies, it was like heaven on earth. Why? Because that's the place we're supposed to live on. That's why people are attracted. You've done well tonight. I just have kept talking. No, really. But the common, I don't really, this is not my thing. And I always want to celebrate anything that Jesus does. But I've had leaders tell me, people don't want to sit there for three hours in the service. I said, no, you're wrong. They want to sit for what you're doing for three hours. I was just in Pittsburgh last month and I made a point to go to the church that Catherine Coleman used to fill. But I just felt the Lord. Five, six, seven hours. People would sit there. Why? If you, you want to know what that looks like? If you were late 90s, early 2000s, go to a Benny Hinn crusade. That's what it was like. If you ever went to one of his crusades when he did the, state, the arena crusades, it was like a six-hour worship service. I remember the first time I went at 18 years old to Reynolds Coliseum, I, thought, I was weeping. I said, this is what heaven must look like. Because all you heard about the healings, but really it was just a worship service that healings were the result of. Because people are drawn to that. So submission, stewardship, it's right in front of you. Realizing that as you learn the character of God, you have the privilege of having dominion and authority in the world that you live in. Realizing that there's spiritual strength on the inside of you that actually has the ability to co-labor with God to change the world around you. You don't have to accept every bad thing that happens to you. Well, this must be the will of God. Submission. Trust in a high value for the word of God. High value. We don't always get it right, but God always gets it right. And then risk. Adam had never named animals before. He's got to trust that dominion, that authority that God's given him. And then he speaks God's word. And those animals come into alignment with the will of God. Those animals are activated into what God created them to be. How do we know that? Because when you name something, you define it biblically. 
Submission. Trust in the word of God. And then action. Listen, no one had ever named the animals before. You're actually called to do things that no one's ever done before. And it could be any place that God had called you to be because there is no secular, there is no spiritual. And then we'll add on to this, but we'll land the plane here. Discernment and the ability to discern. And discernment and seeing doesn't mean you'll always, everyone will see like even I see. A great point is someone I just talked about. Reporter once asked Catherine Coleman, have you ever seen Jesus? No, I've never seen him. Great follow-up question. What will you say when you meet him? I'm going to tell him, I did my best. There's a whole supernatural story too of when she left the earth. Power went out. Roses, her favorite flower, fragrance the room. So discernment doesn't necessarily see everything in the unseen realm. It's just discernment is the ability to know what to do with the wisdom of God in the situation that you're in. That's discernment. receive something tonight? If you just receive this word, I just want you to lift your hands to heaven. Inside of somebody's right shoulder, the Lord is healing you right now. Right shoulder be healed. Spirit of infirmity be healed. Hey! By the authority God has given me, I just declare the words of Jesus to you. To him who believes, all things are possible. To him who believes, all things are possible. To River City Christian Center that believes all things are possible. And there's a call, says the Lord, and there's an invitation to believe and to trust me as never before, because I want all things to be possible. I want you to dream, and I want you to co-labor with me as never before in the purposes of God. I want you to dream of what this region could be like as heaven invades the earth, through a people who are seeing from a heavenly place and from a heavenly vision. Whoa. Just keep your hands. I see Jesus himself in this room tonight and his anointing eyes to see. So I bless your eyes to see everything God intended you to see. 
I release in the name of Jesus. Now the angel's pouring oil on some of you. I release in the name of Jesus, the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Jesus Christ. I say to you, it has been granted to know the secrets of the mysteries of the kingdom of God. I say in the name of Jesus that the word of God would come alive to you. I declare that you're a lover of the word of God. You meditate on the law day and night because then he'll make your way prosperous. I declare that areas in your heart in the name of Jesus that are divided now would be one with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I bless you with the righteousness of God. I bless you to know and to break free from wrong mindsets tonight in the name of Jesus. I break you free in the name of Jesus from performance. There's about five of you who constantly feel unworthy and I break that off of you now. And I release you to, to receive the favor and the goodness of God. I bless you to know that you're loved unconditionally. I bless you to know that you're favored unconditionally. I bless about six of you who keep thinking about this one mistake you made in your life. I bless you to move beyond that. I bless you to receive forgiveness, that tormenting religious witchcraft thing that keeps reminding you, even in the night, in the name of Jesus, I just, hey, break that off of you. And now I declare over you, you are pressing on to the mark of the high call. I bless your mind with the brilliance of God. I bless you like God blessed Abraham, his man in the earth. I bless you to see from eternal perspectives. I bless you to have encounters with God. I bless you to hear the voice of God. I bless you to embrace process. I bless you to be like a giant killer in the land. And the Lord says he is raising up a house of David's a house of worshipers, a house of overcomers, a house who when they see Goliath, they will say, this is what the Lord will do. This is what the Lord will do. And the Lord says, I'm going to teach you as a corporate people, says the Lord, not to see the in tonight. There's an eagle grace to see and to plow forward in the things of the Lord. And there's a release of the spirit of wisdom and revelation on this house as never before. You will teach truth. You will equip people and you will empower them. You will be a, 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 a healer of families, a healer of generations, and you will be River City Christian Center that what starts in the hearts of men and women and in families and in generations will go to the nations of the earth. 